The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Jesus said, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of the Lord. A colleague has said, I think quite rightly, that today's gospel is probably one of the scariest in all of the lectionary. Generally speaking, as we read the gospel and we listen closely to Jesus' teachings, he very rarely talks about power, certainly not in worldly terms. If anything, he is highly critical of all the claims of power and judgment that we often lay claims to our that we often lay claim to in our lives and in the lives of others. But today, Jesus is absolutely explicit. The church, the community of God's people gathered, has one critical power and it is so awesome and so terrifying that it even echoes to the heights of heaven to God's throne you might say to the center of all being I made note at the beginning of the service that I was down here in the nave today which is always good for me as your priest Sometimes the air in the sanctuary gets a little bit reified, and it's good to come down and sit where the people, the body of the church, sit. And it just so happens that one of our new stained glass windows is right down here in the nave with you all, and it gets to the very heart of what Jesus is talking about today. And that is the reconciliation window, the window on the right, 
Some of you might have a chuckle that it is right next to the marriage window. That's probably a good thing. If you've been to a wedding ever or recently, you know in the prayers in our service that amongst the things we ask for for the new couple is for their willingness to forgive one another. For any of us who have been married, any of us who are married, and any of us who are in any relationship at all know that one of the keys to the long life of any relationship is learning how to forgive, how to, as we say, reconcile. That is the power that Jesus offers us in today's gospel reading. And arguably, it is the only place in his great body of teaching where we are offered a power that is recognized in heaven. The tradition, the ancient tradition, of course, calls the action of reconciliation confession and absolution. And if any of you have studied the history of the church at all, you know that it became the focal point, and in fact, one of the great points of controversies that led to the breaks of Protestantism with the wider Catholic communion in the 16th century. In point of fact, in the medieval church, the people who sat in the pews felt so unworthy that they refused to come forward and participate in Eucharist. And so at one point, the Vatican issued a decree saying that everyone had to go to confession at least once a year to be told that they were right with God so they could receive the sacrament once a year. Later on, of course, as the Vatican found its coffers empty due to all of its shenanigans, they started to issue indulgences where you could buy reconciliation with God. Of course, that money was meant to go back and fill the coffers so that St. Peter's could be rebuilt in Rome. That so offended Martin Luther and the other reformers that it became the spark that ignited a revolution in Western Europe and in Christianity writ large, and it had a role to play in the English Reformation. Just to give you an idea that in the history of the church, we recognize that the power of confession and absolution of reconciliation is critical to understand both our conflicts and the ways in which we build up the family of God. We have come to call in our tradition that pattern of confession and absolution the right of reconciliation. And it goes far beyond what we do when we come formally to a priest and confess our sins and receive the absolution of the church. And far beyond even what we do on Sunday mornings on a regular basis, which is participate together in confession. Reconciliation is the primary spiritual vocation that we have in front of us. 
You could say that if our primary calling is to love and to offer compassion in the world, the action of doing that is found in the disciplines of reconciliation, of reconciling ourselves with reality. Now, we live in Southern Marin, right? So many of us suffer from the spiritual malady of having high expectations that especially right now are not going to be met. That's why one of my spiritual directors was fond of referring to expectations as planned resentments. We set ourselves up all the time to fall out of reconciliation, not only with our God, but with the most precious relationships in our lives, and indeed the earth itself. We know that the wildfires that are burning right now are a witness to our failure to reconcile with the earth and its needs over many generations. And so the work before us is daunting. But Jesus reminds us it is also critical. And it is the most powerful thing that we can do. Our relationship with the earth with those we love, with our neighbors, and even with strangers, is critical to everything right now that seems hell-bent on generating crisis in our lives. We've spent the past six months trying to reconcile with a virus that is new and with the realities that gave rise to it as human populations pushed into uncharted wildlands. and We became in closer contact with wildlife. As our unfettered greed led us into places where we exhaust natural resources, where we stress the environment to its breaking point. As we learn what it means to reconcile with the reality of that virus now in our midst, and we seek to protect those who are most vulnerable and to take up the hard practices of putting down our expectations and even some of our freedoms for the sake of life. That's the work of reconciliation and it's hard work. But it is our work, Jesus tells us, without the call to love and the call to compassion will get us nowhere. So in your journey this week, I invite you to look carefully in your prayer life and in your hearts about those places that are unreconciled. You may discover that the most important reconciliation you have yet to do is your reconciliation with yourself your own strengths and weaknesses. Part of that journey is learning to become reconciled with the God of our ancestors, the God who loves all creation and who loves you more than you can ask for or imagine and who invites you into reconciliation.
that discipline that restores all of creation. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.